Welcome to the podcast M&A War Stories. You're joined by your hosts, Robert Heaton and Toby Tester. Each week, we walk through M&A projects where we've been involved in the course of our careers, unpacking the good, the bad, and the ugly. Our purpose in doing this is to leave you, the listener, with valuable lessons and experiences that you can use in your own M&A projects. So without wasting any more time, let's get this podcast underway. Hey, good evening, Toby. Rob, hi. How are you going there down in Melbourne? Oh, we're good. We're good. Life's continues. Still alive, not dead yet. Well, that's good. Well, it's good to be on the... It was, well, they say every, every day above the ground is a good day. Yeah, I went and had a heart monitor the other day. It threw up an irregularity that apparently the signal across the top of my heart is slower than it should be. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so I thought, oh, God, what's that going to mean? Apparently, it means nothing. It apparently just means I'm getting old. My <laughs> heart apparently is still as strong as ever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's good. Well, then, there you go. We keep on yeah. going day by day. We're going to talk about SPACs. And I've got to say, it's a relatively fresh topic for both of us. It is, yes, because yeah. I think, I think Robin, I think we discussed this, but SPACs are not things that exist here in Australia. They exist on global exchanges, but not necessarily an Australian exchange. Yeah. But they're also very popular. They have become so in the last three to five years, probably. Yeah. Donald Trump's recent foray into that is an example that's probably well known by people. With truth social, yes, indeed. But it's but it's fair to say that people outside of the the financial domains that we operate in wouldn't really know what a SPAC is. To be honest, I'm I'm not I'm no expert on it. Um, yeah. We're going to have a chat about it together. But yes, I thought fine. we'd start with a definition. Okay. So I just googled it. Yeah. And so the summary is this: for SPACs, the the, the forecast is the amount of capital raised will exceed twenty billion by twenty twenty. A dozen companies with Billions of dollars in capitalization are already planning to use a SPAC structure, and it's a not a temporary noise in the industry. So, let's go on. According to Dr. Google, startups are now more than ever taking their companies public through special purpose acquisition companies, SPACs. So, there you go. That's what SPAC, S-P-A-C, stands for. Indeed. SPACs do not take part in commercial operations and are commonly known as shell companies. That's right. These companies are designed to raise money to discover a target company and secure a reverse merger. So after funds are raised, the SPAC must complete an acquisition via reverse merger in which a public company in this case, the SPAC, acquires a private company within two years or the money raised will go back to investors. The system allows the private company to avoid the drawn-out and complicated process of public autonomy. So, so effectively, Rob, it's like a cash box. You get the cash up front, and then then you work out, well, what you're going to do with it. And as they say, cash box or a blank check, well, there it is. You raise the money first, then you find out what your target's going to be. The bit that I wasn't aware of or clear about in my own understanding was that, Mm. so the SPACs that I've been involved in or been aware of so far, Mm. somebody or a group of people have had a vision about Mm. what what could be achieved. We can raise $2 billion, we can do this. The the bit I didn't realize is that the SPAC 
is actually created as a public entity. Yes, indeed. But it's a shell. That's right. And it then acquires a entity, right? And that allows the private entity to go public without going through all. Well, that's right. And that's one of the big ups. That's the big upside because there's fewer like regulatory requirements and the usual traditionally IPA because IPAs can take ages. As we, you've yeah. been through them, I've they're, been they're through fraught. them, yeah. and they take ages, months, months, if not a year, two years, because there are so many regulatory steps that you have to go through. So. I think that really SPACs are great because I think people just see them as a faster way to capital. If they want to get to cash, it's just yep. a faster way to get to cash. So, yeah, it allows groups of investors to raise money quickly. You know, you can sort of go, here's the bank check, and people can add into it, well, and, uh, into, into the SPAC, and so with the anticipation of, of an acquisition of some sort. And here's another piece from Dr. Google. It says, mm. many, co- many companies are noticing and taking advantage of the benefits associated with selling to a SPAC. Compared to a typical private equity deal, mm. a company sold to a SPAC may, re- may retain an increase in the sale price of up to 20%. Furthermore, Why would that be? Furthermore, companies may avoid the lengthy process of an initial public offering, IPO, if acquired by a SPAC. In other words, the SPAC's basically cheaper. It's a fa- so. cheaper and faster IPO process. And the last sentence is the bit that I'm familiar with. Hmm. So it says, SPACs offer business owners a faster IPO process with experienced partners and officers within the SPAC guiding the operation. Indeed. So that's the bit I'm familiar with is where somebody has a vision and they, they go out and they say, right, I'm going to get me, Toby, Fred, Janice, and Rachel, and the five of us have got significant reputations in the industry, and we're collectively going to form the management team of a SPAC that's going to go out and create this business. Indeed, indeed. So, I mean, yep, and they've certainly been very popular. There's no doubt about yeah. it. I mean, obviously, Truth Social, which is a very well-known SPAC, but there'd be many that have actually been created. What did we say now? Is it about, oh, let's see, it's been heaps that have been created. Like, well, according to this, is $20 billion expected by 2023. Well, there you go. There you go. And we talk about Trump and the SPAC. I, I, I look at that quite honestly as a joke. Well, it's an, it's an interesting <clears throat> one because you talk about people trading on their names. And, of course, I think for the Trump uh, Truth Social, one is that basically it's really he basically trades on his name the trump yeah. name and effectively what it means is that he he monetizes his own name without actually putting his own cash in yep so so it works perfectly for someone like trump and anybody who wants to lend their name as a way of generating revenue in itself yeah but i mean you you imagine if you're an investor right and you're contacted one day and somebody says to you, I brought together five of the most trusted and most experienced CEOs and senior executives in the world. And collectively, we are forming a SPAC that is going to go out and revolutionize, I don't know, the chemical industry. Mm. You've got to sit up and listen, aren't you? You've got to go, Christ, if, if this business has got group of people behind it, right? 
I'm ready to invest. You would do, although there are dangers there, there, of course. Well, of course there are. Yeah. I mean, let me see the Theranos. And I know. That, yeah. that was based upon other people's reputations. They were there in it. Then this has got to be good. Yeah. Yes, you do use due diligence. Mm. But but essentially, so somebody comes along and says, I've created the SPAC. And by the way, it's got Robert Heaton and Toby Tester and two other people in it. Most investors around the world today would turn around and go, who? Right? If you're putting an acquisition platform forward, irrespective of the the expertise of the management team you might have in place, the difference with some of these SPACs is the management teams they put in place, household names, people that make you sit up and go. That's true. And there are a lot of SPACs along those lines. Yeah. Yep. And if, if this person's involved with this, well, Bugger, I'm going to take notes. And I think somewhere along the line, part of the uh, attraction, if you like, is exactly that, is that if you can bring together a group of highly experienced executives with preset reputations in the marketplace, and you've got a vision that that executive team is going to, through the SPAC, achieve X, right? Which, which essentially does a reverse takeover, you're going to be tempted to want to invest. You will. You will. And not only is that the attraction of it, but the second attraction of it is that you then avoid all of the lengthy process and uncertainty that goes with the traditional IPO process. But there you go. Where the benefits also come the risks, though, Rob, because the thing is, is that... First of all, those people who are setting up this back are possibly in some way trying to monetize what they do. And investors might jump into this, but often SPACs is an opportunity for those people who are managing the SPAC to actually charge high fees. And as a result, the value of your own shares will potentially get diluted. So that's one issue you got there. Now, the other issue, of course, with these SPACs is that, and here's a regulatory loophole issue, which I do know about compared to IPO, is they can actually provide any kind of financial promises or projections as they see fit. In other words, when, when you're doing an IPO, there's a very careful process to have to do when it comes to doing projections. With SPACs, that's not the case. And they can essentially provide very rosy projections that not have the same checks and balances. Uh, very true. Very true. SPACs are still a bit of an anomaly and a bit of a sort of a, I don't know, I can't quite put a word on it, but they have overnight replaced the IPO process. There's still value in going through the traditional IPO. Well, I, I think so because it's a trusted process, I think, and true. there's more reliance, whereas uh, there's a bit yeah. of a cowboy element with, with SPACs. There's some element of that, and, and I think that's that's tarnished reputation that I don't think it deserves, mm. but it's like anything else. There are professional business people out there, and there are snake oil salesmen out yep. there, yep. and that's where your due diligence comes in. You, If you place the 
relevant due diligence, you will uncover the snake oil sales. Oh, indeed. Yeah. Look, and, and obviously that's the key thing with uh, that. You still got to do due diligence. I should say another interesting thing about the SPAC thing. There's no underwriting on the shares. So effectively, no. there's no flaw. So it's not as if like, you know, <laughs> where an underwriter will go ahead and buy up any shares if they uh, fall below a certain level. No, there is no flaw in the SPAC. So you can lose. Yeah. yeah. But by the way, it is a mm. growing phenomenon. So I'm just looking at some figures now. SPAC IPOs seen a resurgent interest since 2014. So in 2014, 12 SPACs were created with a combined investment of 1.8 billion. That has steadily grown. Now, 2015, it went to 3.9. It dropped a bit in 2016, and then it took off again in 17, 18. The last figures, 2019. So remember, back in 2014, 1.8 billion across yeah. 12. 2019, 13.6 billion across 59 SPAC IPOs. Yep. So it's certainly a growing vehicle for going public. It's certainly faster. Yes. And I think the key, this comes back to my understanding of it, is mm. special purpose acquisition company SPAC is formed by experienced business executives who are confident that their reputation and experience will help them identify a profitable company to acquire. I, I think so. Look, I, you know, I think to be honest, obviously in America, you know, and else in other exchanges, there's a more of a risk. They tend to take uh, more of a greater sort of risk latitude. I think here in Australia, I think they tend to be a lot good deal more cautious. And yep. to the extent that they'll let actually have SPACs even operate here, I know I know the ASX is looking at it. Well, I and think they, they they may want to allow SPACs, but I think they would have more rules put round them. You might expect in elsewhere, you know, like in the United I, States. I, the nail on the head. I, legal and regulatory and governance frameworks that are expected within Australia are, are limiting the rise of SPACs as a as a suitable vehicle. Yes, yeah. But the bottom line comes down to this, if I've read it properly, it's yep. a simple mechanism. A group of experienced business people yep. whose reputations and experience are the sales factor, the selling yep. point when sourcing funds from investors. I Look, right. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting and an alternative investment vehicle. I mean, you know, look, when you oh, think about it, when you think about it, how, how do you raise cash in this world? You can either do it through a bank loan. You can often do it through private equity, of course. And we're also, everybody's familiar with an IPO, but SPAC is another way. And it has its pluses, it's got its minuses, which we've discussed, but it certainly is another way. And I'd be interested to see over over time whether, in actual fact, here in Australia, a SPAC in some form does get adopted. And maybe I, I, maybe we'll see SPACs being listed on Australian Stock Exchange. Not I yet, think, but... It's only a matter of course, yep. in my view, because... The model itself makes sense. I, I, I honestly don't know the answer to this question. Yeah. What's the typical timeline for an, a, for an IP? The actual mechanism from that start point where you sort of go, I, I think we ought to go public, to actually going public could be quite a 
quite a period of time. Oh, yeah, yeah. The actual offering, when you start doing the, you know, the offering into the market, yeah. But you, yeah. when you think about all the prep that has to do go beforehand, there's a yeah. lot of prep. Oh, yeah, look, obviously when you when you announce it and then you sort of announce the shares, that can be done in weeks. But it does to realise that there's a, lot, there's a lot of preparation that gets you to that point. Yeah, uh, that also includes your... Your, your reputation, your expertise, and so on. And what I can see from these SPACs is you are basically importing that. So you're going, right out, we're going to dominate or we're going to make a serious yeah. acquisition in the yeah. chemical industry, right? To do that, we're going to create a SPAC, and membership of that mm. SPAC is going to be, pick a number, five or six of the most experienced and well-known chemical mm. industry executives that the world has ever seen. Mm. That's your sell point. And the fact then is that once you've done that, people sort of go, bugger, right, okay, if they're involved, I want to be part of this. And you could go from there to IPO and to making an absolute killing in terms of the valuation of the business in, in two to three years. Yeah. And the people that have created that SPAC, yeah. you know, the investors get a great return on their investment, yeah. and the founders of the SPAC walk away with a very hefty sum of money that they've well, achieved. Look, you know, there has to be a lot of trust to be placed in these uh, famous people or these well-known people. Because of course. Yeah. Obviously, because otherwise, it's never really a good idea to invest in anything just because you have the famous sponsors. Well, you invest it because it's a good investment to due diligence and not the reputation of the individual. If it was based upon the individual, then people would have handsomely profited from the Theranos exercise. <laughs> of course, it right. wasn't the case. But by the same, by the same token, if, if I came to you, and, I mean, and this is showing my age, yeah. so, so for the people that are listening, they've probably got more up-to-date examples of this. But if I came to you and said, oh. hey, look, I've just heard about a SPAC that's actually going to focus on making a major acquisition in the manufacturing industry. Mm. And the leading executive in that SPAC is Jack yeah. Welch. That would make you think pretty quickly about whether you want to invest in that. I sort of go, hey, whoa. Indeed. But you still do your due diligence. Well, you should. Do Trust, you. but verify. <laughs> yeah, true. And as we've seen in our previous conversations, we've seen yeah. examples of people that, don't do their due diligence and they get... Yeah. you still got to do the due diligence, right? But that's the marketplace we live in. More fool you if you yeah. do not do the appropriate due diligence. Yeah. Yes, it might look like a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. What's that old phrase? If it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, quacks like a... Maybe it is a duck, but... Well, I, I think in summary, my view is... I think it's a great um, alternative to the cost and the hassle of an IPO. IPOs, a lot of cost, a lot of time, a lot of hassle. It is yeah. a great alternative. And it's a great alternative to private equity because private equity can simply be too expensive and because yep. they do take massive fees and for what they do, and it's inaccessible to most people. So really and truly, a SPAC is a definitely there. You've just got to be discriminating. You've got to do due diligence and don't get caught up in the hype. I haven't thought of it. This has literally just dropped into my head seconds yep. ago, so I've got no back up to this mm. but I, I just sort of thought to myself well i bet a spac could be a perfect vehicle for a management buyout where you're looking to buy out the organization that you're an employee of 
and the leadership team buy out the business via a SPAC, which then takes the business IPO. Yeah. It's, again, your management buyouts, yes, and you do it via a SPAC. Yeah. Um, certainly good, as long as, obviously, of course, the management, because, well, you have to understand what the circumstances which the management buyout happened in the first place. How do you get that kind of situation? Every, every time you talk yeah. through this process, yeah. we come back to due diligence. Yes, and, and it always goes. You, can, you never lose sight of it. It's always the case. At a personal level, if you go to your bank and you want a mortgage for your house. Yeah. You do your due diligence. And to be honest, Rob, I think that's the message. I think SPACs are great. I think great alternative to an IPO, much faster, cheaper, and um, cheaper compared to private equity, which is often not accessible to other people. So it's a great investment. It's a great um, way of acquiring an organization through this sort of cash box approach. But still, there's due diligence. And I think I'll add to that. Because you've just in just what you've just said, what's occurred to me is that from an investor's point of view, a SPAC might present itself as nice and shiny and sparkly because it's got these experienced executives behind it and because mm. their mm. reputation announces itself before they do. It, it looks like a bloody good opportunity and one that you want to get in before somebody else does. Mm. But I think the, the word of caution always, and I think this is something that's been consistent throughout our podcasts, is, yep, okay, great. And it may be a great opportunity and it may pay off, but you cannot afford to do your due diligence. That's right. And and then when you've done that, at the end of the day, there's still an element of risk. And if you're one of those investors that can afford to lose one in three, then, then go for your life. But I think the conclusion is we're going to see an increase in the number of SPACs steadily year on year, and I would not be surprised if it doesn't replace the traditional IPO process. Oh, well, that, now that'd be interesting there, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, there's your prediction. <laughs> Let, let's, let's see how it plays out. We, we shall see. But that was an okay. interesting conversation. Yeah, sure. And by the way, if any of our listeners out there have got anything to add in that, Drop us a note on LinkedIn or send us an email or comment on on this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. But other than that, Toby, we're going to be back in two weeks. We will be indeed. Another uh, topic. Another topic, another conversation. I've enjoyed this one. It's been good. Yes, no, it's very good indeed. It's just to talk about SPACs. It is. And I'm sure this is going to come up in other conversations again. I think so. I think we've done it well. So other than that, it's been a pleasure as always. And just leaves us to say we'll be back in two weeks. And it's bye for now. Goodbye. Goodbye.